Hello, welcome to the Full English, the United Kingdom's Airbnb podcast, the place to learn how to buy, host and grow your Airbnb business, specifically in the United Kingdom, helping you to learn, grow and become an Airbnb success. This is my conversation with Stephen Wetherill, an Airbnb professional operating in the Greater Leeds region in Yorkshire in the north of England. Stephen's come a long way in a short space of time, growing his arbitrage or rent-to-rent portfolio from zero up to seven properties in under a year. Initially with city centre one and two bed apartments and now taking on large family homes in the suburbs, Stephen is fine-tuning his business model with each month that passes. In this conversation, we discuss how to source, close and make money from rent-to-rent deals, along with a lot of other topics along the way. If you're into rent-to-rent, or if you're thinking of getting into rent-to-rent, you are going to love this episode. Um, So here we go, my conversation with Stephen Weatherall. Okay, Stephen, welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks for having us, Mike. Good, it's fantastic, fantastic to have you on. I'm going through our notes here, Steve, from when we've um, we've been speaking offline, and we have yeah. got loads of stuff that we can go through today. So I really think we ought to just jump jump straight into it. First of all, um, you come from. It's always good to get a bit of background. Who you are, kind of where you come from. You come from more of a trades background yourself, don't you? Traditionally, yeah. Um, give give us a bit of an overview of 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 that background professionally and where, where you've come from. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been in the construction construction industry for 20 years now, believe it or not. Um, came out of school at 16, straight into a um, heating and gas apprenticeship. Um, sort of did my time for seven years. Uh, I thought it was four years for the course. I stayed in my first company for seven years. And I think it was about 2010 when we were sort of getting into the, re- the recession back then, where I decided to go for pastures new. Um, went off traveling to Canada, lived there for a year, um, spent a bit of time in South America and then sort of finally ended up over in Australia and I was spent quite a lot of time over there. Um, sort of more like a, from, gone from a tradesman into sort of more management and operational sides of running the business, which was quite, quite a good, mm-hmm. um, stead me quite well when I came back to the UK in 2014 to set up my own heating business. Um, and sort of from there, grew that up over seven years to, I think we had seven staff in the end. Um, and side by side, we built a bathroom company and we we bought a shop, um, kitted it out, and we've got a bathroom showroom as well now. But um, last year, the plumbing and heating business wasn't really giving me the lifestyle that I thought I ought to get out of a business. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just becoming all all encompassing and sort of started to consume me a little bit. So I decided to. to and were you doing? Have you have you been on the tools at that point, or have you are you more kind of managing sort of a team of th- team of gas? Business yeah, or? I'd morphed off the tools after about three years of my own business. Um, more into the management side. Obviously, that brings its own sort of headaches. Um, I just found in the end it was it wasn't high enough margin for me um and i thought i could put my time into something else that that could bring in sort of them what i wanted from my life 
Yeah, so that brings us obviously brings us around to it's a nice intro and it does bring us around to kind of short term rentals, doesn't it? Yeah. So I know when we spoke before, you were saying you're looking for something a bit more sort of semi passive. Obviously, saying the gas business is sounds like it was you know low margins, quite stressful, lots yeah. of work from what I'm gathering. So what what was it that kind of sort of piqued your interest uh, about short term rental business? Well, ultimately, I wanted to sort of cross pollinate my skills into sort of property investing. So I started to learn, sort of to look into which strategy that would kind of suit me. And it was some I wanted something low, sort of low input for capital wise, because um, we weren't sat on bags of cash. Um, and then the highest cash flow in. Uh, strategy basically so I found out about short letting and Airbnb and mainly rent to rent um, which is what we jumped into next so the rent to rent business um, we're going to talk quite a lot about that today because obviously that's yeah. the uh, the area that you've specialized in um, so your first property was I think it was what 12 18 months ago um, it, well it's not even that now February we got we sorry we set up our business in May 2021 did a little bit of training September 2021 and we in that time we were trying to get our first deal and our first deal didn't come around till February so we we're trying for a good sort of seven eight months to try and get a rent to rent deal and so that's that was back in February and then how many properties are you up to now uh, we've scaled up to seven this year seven um, properties so yeah. tell it let's talk a little bit about what these properties are what they are and where they are yeah just know um, and where they are yeah, the majority of them are in in Leeds. Um, some some are in the city centre and some are in the suburbs, depending on what sort of guests we're trying to target. Uh, and then we've got sort of three over in Harrogate as well, which is quite a, quite a bit touristy. Um, we haven't been through our first winter with those yet, so they're busy up till Christmas now, which is good. I think January, February, the tricky times to try and fill those. Harrogate's got an exhibition centre. Yeah, it? it has. Yeah, it's got a conference centre, which I'm conference hoping to centre, sort of. Yeah yeah hoping to sort of pick up a little bit of trade over winter i mean we analyze these deals to break even at 50 percent and to be fair the ones in harrogate are probably around a 40 percent break even so we should we should get a 40 percent uh, occupancy on those ones from from what you've learned so far what's the difference between sort of lead city center and harrogate um i'm just trying to gauge these kind of slight look lead city center is maybe quite obvious you know sort of up and coming city yeah quite an obvious place Harrogate's a little bit more on the periphery I'm just trying to gauge you know perhaps can some of these slightly less well-known places like Harrogate is that is that possibly they can perhaps even be better than kind of prime city centres like Leeds City Centre certainly in the summer the um we have a dynamic pricing software which shoots prices up and down on sort of seasonal and then sort of events were going on some of the units performed way better in Harrogate during the summer than our than our stuff in in Leeds did. Um, we've from where we've come from the beginning of the year to now. For me, bigger is better. We've just put a six bedroom on um, mm -hmm. just in the outskirts, in the North Leeds suburbs of Leeds, um, and that that thing is doing astronomical figures, um, targeting contractors who pay per man per night, so basically heads on beds. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to focus my sort of goals now on trying to get the bigger side of the properties but the one or two beds have, have, uh, have been a steady income over the summer for sure so let's just talk about your 
mentioned the the six better, which I know we spoke about last week when we had a quick chat. Um, yeah. Let's just dive into that a bit more. Tell us about this six bed house and kind of how you've come across it, how you've secured it. And yeah. I know it's early doors, but why are you hopeful it's going to be a real success? Yeah, we uh, we targeted, well, we sort of do a bit of social media advertising on Facebook to try and attract landlords in. This one was actually a marketplace listing on uh, Facebook, uh, message a landlord three, four, five times, I think, before I actually got my foot in the door to go and so, see it. So who is this guy then? He's someone who's got a big, what is it, a big, kind it was quite his nice old, family house, is it? Yeah, it was his old family house. He moved out of area, moved over to Whitby, and wanted to retain his property to as a normal rent. Obviously, we targeted him, say, with, a, with our guaranteed income, no tenants. You know, we mm. keep the property in show and condition. What kind uh, of person What kind of person advertises their property like that? If I had a six-bed house and I was going to let it, I would just find the best local letting agent and just say, look, go off, go and let it and, and pay them their fee to do it. Does it take a special kind of person to not well, want to do that and put it on put it on Facebook? He's a kind of a younger guy, so I assume he's one of trying to maximise his returns. Um, yeah. To be honest, it's, some people don't have a very good um, experience with letting agents. There are a lot of bad out there as well as a lot of good. So some people want to avoid them entirely. Um, but he was basically he was just looking for to maximise his returns. Yeah. And obviously using open rent and, and Facebook Marketplace to attract tenants. Um, so you so you've you've approached this guy what several times. So you've sort of, yeah, it took me. For a better time. word, pested him for a bit until he's yeah, yeah yeah because the offer we send out when you look at it on paper, the biggest thing we get is it sounds too good to be true. So it, mm. it can't be. Um, so yeah, we as soon as I get in there and explain to him what we do in regards to the short letting side, and we put professional um, professional clientele in there. You know his ears pricked up and and he's like yeah look i'm, I'm out of area it's a long-term contract it, it's it's sort of hand the keys over to us and, and forget about it um we've sent him the videos and of what we've done to his property you know he was like it's better than when i lived there so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah he's really chuffed with it um so yeah we we got we got the keys on on a tuesday and we we usually negotiate a two-week um, rent-free period if there's a little bit of remedial work to do sort of decorating and bits and bats which which there was on this one there was a lot more than I thought but by the Wednesday we have a number of brokers who place contractors and workers across the country and a job would come in for leads we'd had that deal secure for two month booking for the for a week um, for like eight days later on the Saturday Mm-hmm. So I was well under pressure to do that. So we'd got our money. So we hadn't even paid the landlord a penny of his rent before we got a chunk. We got a month's chunk up front off the uh, mm-hmm. off this company. Mm-hmm. So it worked out really well, this one. So this is like a sort of subcontract gang or something, is it, for a building site in Leeds? Or? Yeah, there must be a project going on in Leeds. So they, they um, yeah, it's much more cost effective for them all to stay in one property. Um, and we usually, it's got six beds um two of them are twins so we've got like a zip and link bed which the mattresses zip together and the beds come together but then they separate apart to make a twin bed so the contractor's usually happy to share rooms but obviously not share beds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're paying per head per night and that's for what two months is that yeah two month booking so it takes us into february pretty much um and there's some more there's some more jobs looking in sort of back at mid mid january to late january paying a little bit more money so that's good 
so this is specifically sourcing a prop when you source that property did you specifically have in mind the uh like trades market yeah ideally when you do a property you kind of got to look at your avatar of who you're who, who your client's going to be and then design the property in the interior around around them um so in this one we had like a separate room so we put a games room in with a playstation and a foosball table and stuff um knowing full well we're probably going to get a, a group of contractors uh, mainly male in there and and so you, you mentioned some brokers that you go to that that kind of source or have trades that that need accommodation Tell yeah us a, little, a little bit about that yeah so there's there's multiple they they in, in, um in effect work like airbnb they go out scrape out scrape out the work um that's happening approach the companies say we can accommodate you and then basically they pass the deal on to us and they take a commission like airbnb would a lot a lot less though sort of eight percent less than airbnb take how'd you find those brokers um uh, social media um they tend to find you if you start posting your stuff within there's a few service accommodation groups on there you start tending to posting up you, you know your units and leads they'll tend to come to you your name goes on the list and you'll get an email every time a job comes in and basically you put a you if your unit's available you just put it on there and accept the job and they'll they'll put it put it to the clients if they're happy to stay at your property then you go forward from there so how do the uh, how do the nightly uh, nightly rates stack up then obviously you've got it, it's fantastic i suppose in that you've got a, a sort of block booking for two months all the rooms yeah. for two months so it's in terms of occupancy like you're guaranteed 100 occupancy for that two month window yeah. which is fantastic uh how about the actual kind of nightly rate how does that stack up um a bit negotiable negotiable on these we based ours on a 150 per night um but without without past that i did i just did that because i wanted to downplay my expectations for the property um we've agreed i think about 27 pound 50 per man per night there's seven men in there i think it mm. works out about i think it's about five and a half grand per month net we we net out of that mm. um after their commissions but realistically if we can get direct bookings ourselves we, sh we should be charging 30 35 pound a night for these men um and some jobs have come come onto the um onto my radar which are paying 35 pound a man per night which we can get eight and ours comfortably um so you, you're talking about eight thousand four hundred quid revenue a month mm. on this on this property um by paying 1600 quid rent on yeah and that's the rental deal is it about 1600 pound a month yeah i i have um i wouldn't necessarily say i've lowballed the guy the, the rental on this property should be more towards two thousand pounds but the power of our strategy and our offer is quite powerful to a lot of people where you know if you take out management fees from a management company maintenance of the property you know you're talking a couple of hundred quid a month off two thousand pounds if not a mm -hmm. bit more so we're not a million miles away from it but it, it kind of doesn't have to worry about it so it's costing in rent it's costing you 1600 a month yeah and then an income eight grand a month so Ultimately, i'm sure it, it, sure there's some other bits in there but um yeah it stacks up quite nicely doesn't it it does yeah it does it does really well uh we've obviously got linen cleaning weekly yeah, and um, we've, got, we've got gas electric um, and yeah. all, all those sort of bills so i think on the on this current booking where we've got about five and a half grand coming into us 
I think we're looking at about 3,300 after all of our costs on that one unit. That is um, that is fantastic, isn't it? So you must be presumably now kind of scouting for for more of the same. Yeah, yeah, we're we're, we're starting to do some ad campaigns um, within Leeds. And we're trying to branch out a little bit as well into York and Manchester. Um, now we've got now I've got sort of five in Leeds and three in Harrogate. We're trying to just look at other areas we can we can branch into as well. And again, we're trying to focus on these kind of slightly larger five, six, seven, eight men. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Just out in the suburbs as well, because usually you can get a little bit better rent, um, less rent for them. Um, and obviously we get a high, high yield, the more people you can get in there. Yeah, that is great. That's fantastic work. Um, so we were talking, we have sort of covering a bit. I'm going through our list here of things to talk about and we're sort of covering bits as we go through. We were talking about sourcing deals and how you source your deals and you've said that you do you've got some of your social stuff like facebook videos and so on um, but then you are literally sourcing quite a few of these properties from from facebook marketplace yeah um, i've been successful with these with these two through um facebook marketplace there's not a there's quite a lot of scammers on there so you've got to kind of go if someone's offering a two-bed flat in the middle of Leeds for 500 quid, it's a scam. So you've got to try and find the actual genuine landlords on there, which is a job in itself. Um, mm -hmm. Open rent's a good place, although we've not been successful with that. Um, and then Gumtree as well. Uh, they're, they're three ones you can sort of get organic um, deals through. Um, but I've, I've just we just set up a basic Facebook page, kind of just telling everybody what we're doing we're not massive i'm not massively active on that but i think i'm going to increase that because it has worked um people people within my network have reached out to me who have apartments um after we got our first deal proved what we could do and um, we didn't really have much joy doing it when we didn't have a deal but once we got the first deal it sort of snowballed from there because you proof of concept and um, you, you, you just get a bit of credibility off the back of it mm. Mm hmm and um okay and i was going to ask you when you when these deals come in how how do you assess a new deal and i'm thinking that i'm going to sort of try and answer it for you in a way in that it becomes quiet when you've got that avatar set in your head then you can work out quite it's much easier to work out what you think you're going to earn from it and then you can work back from there can't you and um uh, and work out what you can afford to offer for a property yeah um definitely. what would you add to that um we've also got uh, the dynamic pricing software we use as well has got some sort of um, analytic data of occupancies within that region um so we can kind of find out where people's occupancy are at price wise so we do a lot of comparisons with the market as well um so yeah then then we can sort of work we work out a nightly rate and work backwards from that with all of our costs and and see which that break even point is and if it is if it's around 50%, maybe a touch higher would be okay. Um, if if it doesn't break even at 50%, really, we're, we're, knock, we're knocking it back or we're trying to negotiate a bit of a lesser rent. Mm -hmm. uh, but you've got to look at your demand points. And we've got one that isn't in, in the town centre. It's not in a fantastic area, but it's close to a uni. And we've made it look pretty inside. So we get a lot of people's, uh, a lot of the um, uni students' parents coming to stay in there, lecturers, international students. So it's it, it does go down an area because 
you know the same radius of the other side of town there's no there's no real demand there um so sporting arenas and and hospitals you've got sort of a, a set, a take that into account when you're looking at these deals as well so do you think you're going to just literally just stick with that tradesman model now if can you see yourself saying right that's what we do and just trying to kind of roll that out and scale that up I, I definitely yeah but i wouldn't say no to a one or two bed apartments that come under my mm. you know come into me but I, I think yeah speaking to a few people who've been in the industry a little while bigger is definitely better it's, it's obviously more risk it's more outlay but yeah the, the the numbers that some people are quoting me i was like this can't be right and then we put this one on and realistically if we get the second job in february yeah that five and a half grand is probably going to be more like eight and a half grand because we're going to have it to capacity for for six months as well this job so yeah so that brings you on to just sort of thinking how my mind would be working if i was you i know you've been thinking about this anyway is that you can do one of those and that's great you can make good money on it and then you could do a second one and a third one but um if you're going to really scale it up you've got to reduce down the amount of time you need to input into each one to keep it rolling on a continuous basis yeah. um, and i know you've put quite a lot of thought and quite a lot of work into the automation of your properties so far so i'd love you to tell us a little bit about automation and how you've how you've gone about how you've gone about <coughs> automating your properties yeah a lot of nuts and bolts to the to this strategy and it puts a lot of people off because it is it is quite technical but once you've got the properties set up and done right um there's so much management software out there it's so i believe is quite quite cost effective um we use smoobu which is a channel manager so basically once you put your listings on the otas which is the online travel agents as such as booking.com and airbnb it links through to the central software, which automates all the guest communication from templates you've set up. If there's key lock boxes, it sends the codes the day before or the day with all the checking information. So, um, and we use like a second uh, secondary company for lock uh, for keys within a city centre where we can't have a lock box, where you need to get a code and you need to go to a shop. It generates all those co codes automatically for you. So kind of wants to set up and you've got this this systems in place it, it, it's semi-passive to to a degree you've only got to stand stand in to send an odd message where it's isn't covered or they've got an ad hoc request for you mm. um so yeah ultimately you're sending a few text messages a week or messages through the booking portals a week um and prior before the channel manager software we have a like i said this dynamic pricing tool which is called Price Labs. We put in a um, the base price that we don't want to go below, our standard sort of price, what we, we really want to earn per month, and then an unlimited on the highest rate for when it spikes up in, um, in different seasons. This then feeds into your management software and sends inflated and fluctuating prices across all your properties, which favours quite well on Airbnb because they like fluctuating prices, so they tend to... Um, put your listing a little bit higher up as well mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then with most of your landlords I think you've got deals you were telling me you've got deals or three to five year contracts with with most of the landlords that you work with do you find that landlords uh they like having a three to five year contract um yeah it, it's kind of it's kind of necessary to have at least a three year in my opinion um because you've got 
to put some capital into the furnishing of it. You know, you could be talking, say, take a two bed, for instance, minimum four to five thousand pounds in sort of furniture and setup costs. You you break you you want to try and recoup that within six to eight months, I think. So a year's contract isn't really going to be um, prudent for you to take on. So you're looking at the longer stuff. Um, two good th- uh, two good things. Obviously, you get your money back six months, and everything after that is is, is sort of is your profit after that. Mm-hmm. Um, the second of all, you've got your rent fixed as well. So we don't we don't give them increases in rent. So we've got basically the same flat rate rent for that three year contract. So years two and three, when rents are creeping up, you fixed it in as well. So five years are good. So, but most landlords are reluctant to sort of. It's a bit long, isn't it? Go that I'd long. Be, I'd be reluctant. I'd be reluctant. Yeah. What is your um your sort of for a two bed flat for four grand you'd be spending on it? Yeah. For, for what does that look easily. like typically in terms of what you'd be spending that money on? um so furniture mainly nice some nice we tend to put color in us so nice colorful couches we t- tend to go to sort of velvet looking ones with some nice cushions um beds um then all your kitchen stuff so like your your full utensils all your cutlery your glasses microwave kettles and they all want to be a bit nice with a coffee machine we tend to put like a coffee pod machine in ours which is a little bit nicer um yeah, they all vary, but I'd say a rough cost is between four and five thousand pounds to do a two bed apartment. And are you doing the same same kind of style of design, whether it's uh, an apartment which you think might have students, parents in, which is one you've mentioned, or if it's a house which you think is going to have tradesmen? Um, how are you kind of adapting that? It's extra thought, isn't it, that you need to put in each time to kind of what's suitable for your market yeah. or your yeah, avatar, as you put it. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to have our own little style with with colorful i think bright bold colors the the attractives there it's like it's e-commerce at the end of the day when people are flicking through airbnb they're just like they'll they'll just flick, flick through and a picture will grab their eye and they'll just book it and we want to be that standout standout photo and listing on airbnb so yeah we tend to go for big punchy colors um be, uh, be if we're going for contractors they they still sort of like a nice place to be um mm. my wife does all the interior stuff so it's i think it's just nice to have a a feminine touch on places as well mm. is it important that the kitchen and bathroom is nice or is it is it just fine if they're clean and clean and tidy does that do the job and you're yeah. a bathroom man i know so yeah for me to be fair we've been quite lucky they've been good in most of our units one of them wasn't great but i've got a guy who does vinyl wrapping so we came and vinyl. We had a, they were all horrible, oaky-looking doors. weren't particularly pretty. We just got him to come and wrap it in a um, a high gloss grey, which which modernised it instantly. And I think it was only a couple of hundred quid. So you've got to be quite cute because you don't obviously own the property, so mm-hmm. you don't want to be going and putting kitchens and bathrooms in for landlords. But you can maximise what you've already got. You know, put a bit of fancy lino down in a tired bathroom, and it starts to look at you know a little bit more modern. Do you do um? You say you want the the images to pop on Airbnb. Do you do professional photography? Who does the photos? Absolutely, yeah, one hundred percent. You'll get it back tenfold whatever you spend on professional photography. Um, we just out. It's another thing we outsource during setup. It's just because we're t- sort of time constrained to get them done. Um, it's just another thing to pass on, and they just to do it day in day out. Way better than I would do with an SLR. So. Mm-hmm. 
when you started this in February and you put a bit of work into it, I think you did a, a training course, you spent a little bit of money on a training course, you learned about a bit of tax when you were doing that, um, uh, management contracts and the like. Uh, is that worthwhile? What course did you do and do you think it was worthwhile? Yeah, 100%. I think training is key, really. It will give you the confidence and it'll give you that sort of nudge to if you're thinking about it and you're on a periphery and you're just putting it off and putting it off I think you invest the cash into actual training then it gets serious and I think the stuff you'll learn uh, if you if you get mentored or if you go on a, a sort of a three or four day intensive training course I think the stuff that you were just going oh what about this on um, and um, and they'll answer your questions on that day so I did a lot of fat gathering prior to that so I wasn't going in completely wet behind the ears mm-hmm. um, but yeah the, the stuff that they went through is fantastic the tax the tax benefits um to this industry and what you can offer for landlords as well was um, is invaluable and it's quite a power play really um going on section 24 tax um um, obviously where the the um the government have stopped you from offsetting your mortgage interest payments yeah um because this is a trading entity we can offer a landlord a um a contract um where where they're up um where their income fluctuates up and down mm-hmm. um, and it's technically a furnished holiday let so that it'll allow them to put their mortgage payments on the furnished holiday let side of their tax return meaning they can still offset their interest um, that's that's one of the good things. And the second thing is you can now apply after a certain period of time, you can get a capital allowance survey uh, survey done on the property. Uh, everything inside the property then becomes plant and machinery uh, and you're eligible up to something like 30% of the house value. It works out as you can claim down tax-free income from that property, mm. um, which is huge. But obviously you need a specialist to come submit that claim to HMRC. Yeah, and then you've got, and if we're, we don't get too bogged down in tax today because yeah. we'd, we'd be here for hours and I suspect neither of us are experts, so I know no. I'm not. Um, what about VAT? It's always um, it's always a bit of a pig, isn't it? The uh, the dreaded VAT man. Yeah, we, to be honest, I'm, I'm obviously VAT registered in my other business. We have just broken the threshold now. Um, so we're just in the process of having to deal with that. But ultimately, we're going to have to take a hit. We're going to have to take a hit on the management only side of things. We're now 12.5% plus five, or whatever it is, instead of 15%. Um, ultimately, you've got to make your units a little bit better to either claw that back, or my my view is to just continue to expand the portfolio so it covers up. You've got to expand the portfolio, haven't you, to, yeah. to justify it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which comes back to what we talked about earlier in terms of more properties and kind of automation and making the process process slick and lean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Plug it in, get them ready, set them off, um, and just watch them go and get on to the next one and try and and try and scale up as quickly as possible. You know, you could start, you could have one or two that might bring you an extra couple of grand a month, and if that's all you want, that's great. But once you start getting up to four and five, and you breach that that threshold, for me, you've got to just con- con- continue. Um, our goal is to try and have 20 by end of year two. So tell me if we're going to move on to a little bit in terms of these growth plans for the future. Um, just first of all, obviously, like when you've started this back in Feb, you definitely started off with the rent to rent or the arbitrage model. Um, does sort of owning, owning any of these properties um, figure in, in the plan over the next two, three years? 
or is are you purely thinking about this is the model it works the rent to rent i just want to stick with that keep it simple and scale that i think a natural progression is to purchase um with using the capital in the business to then start purchasing our own stuff which will give us a bit more security and sort of build our long-term wealth um, and we want to we're plans to scale that up even quicker by using other people's money so raising private finance um, and taking and using my construction skills to um to refurb the properties and then refinance and try and pull investor yeah. investors money back out that that's the plan of next year we're just obviously so waiting why would you that. need why, why would you need investment if you've got if you can kind of pull your money back in after two or three months um why do you need investment to scale it it would just help you do it that bit quicker or it's the, the investment would be just to start purchasing it's to not necessarily purchasing. to put okay. into the rent to rent deals you know we can we can recycle our cash as quickly as we can get deals in on that side that's not a problem it's then to start purchasing when you start to talk bigger money bigger units um obviously i wanted to prove ourselves in the rent to rent um zone to say look these are the numbers we're getting these are the figures we can do we should purchase here in this area this is where ours are working really well um, i just wanted that confidence to to go to an investor um and and show them that show them the facts basically got any investors in mind so far um we've got a, i've got i've got a couple that we've been speaking to yeah i've also been um got a potential business partner coming on to scale up a management company as well and he has he knows some quite high net worth individuals as well so it might be a good collaboration for us to start start doing it together um with my my construction skills there's not much that phases me and obviously in property refurbs um we know i know what should be paying for things and i can source materials at the right money i've got a um, bathroom showroom so we buy from manufacturers um same for kitchens as well we've got we're direct to manufacturer with kitchens as well so yeah we kind of keep the refurbs as lean as possible to give them to maximize the returns for us and for the investors you're trying to kind of sort of double it up in terms of picking properties which are a really suitable for the short-term rental but b there's also a bit of scope in there to do a bit of a kind of refurb and add some value as well to yeah. kind of do, do both that's the goal yeah i wonder if that makes it hard i think always with that i'm not absolutely not saying it can't be done but then you're kind of narrowing down the properties aren't you because you've got to tick two boxes and i always worry that you find one you can do a refurb to but then you're compromising on an actual fact how suitable is it for the rent to rent or vice versa um yeah it could it could be but that's a balance that's the balance though isn't it that it is yeah yeah we might be looking for something a bit niche but I'm, I'm hoping the deals will start to come there next year um it's yeah it's just trying to make it a bit more lucrative for an investor as well as for us if we're a, if we're doing a 50 50 joint venture um you know or whether they're just stumping up the cash at a fixed rate return yeah and then when you do that you've got the additional factor which you you're at the moment you're not dealing with um capital appreciation because obviously you don't own the property so that's not a factor in your calculations so then no. that's another another layer which would be an interesting layer but that's another layer that you'll be thinking about when you're purchasing the properties is perhaps you know perhaps the city center ones for example in leeds would probably have better capital appreciation perhaps than the ones in the suburbs potentially 
Well, most of it's most of it's apartments, and I don't know how well they appreciate against the house. Mm. You know, some of the more desirable areas of North Leeds. You know, our, our house since we bought it. Don't get me wrong, we've done a lot of work on it. It technically doubled in value the time we've been here, but we've put a money into it. Um, so I'd say my house has appreciated way more than a than an apartment would have done in the city. I think. Yeah. Um, and there's not a huge amount you've uplifting value you can do to that so if you're trying to recycle cash to investors uh, you can kind of in i believe in the suburbs you could probably force a bit more of an appreciation than you can in an apartment fantastic a few more bits i want to i want to cover if we can um some of the apartments that you've got in the city some of those i think are probably leasehold properties yeah yeah they're all Um, leasehold yeah there's always a bit of fear around uh, doing short-term rental in leasehold properties, um, whether the freeholder is going to complain, whether you're going to invest money or purchase properties um, and then get shut down or it becomes too painful to do it. Um, how have you navigated through that process? Yeah, I've got, I, I, to be fair, I've got a couple of other mates who are doing a similar sort of thing and they've been pulled up by their by their management, by the freeholder and they've been asked to, asked to stop. But they bought these and were was weren't, weren't in, they they didn't um, check the lease and obviously if there's any restrictions in there, we've read the lease hold uh, the the our client's leasehold and obviously we've asked for the head lease as well so we've checked both leases. Um, there's there's sort of grey area with it, but if it specifically says no short lets, a hundred percent, you just got to walk away from the deal. You'll you'll end up putting money in been stopped before you get your money back out and you may end up screwing over the landlord where he gets his way they call a lease back off him so um we've had a we've had a couple checked over by solicitors and it's so cloudy and gray some say not for business use but if there's a guy doing e-commerce in his apartment that he owns is that business use yeah it is so should he not have a laptop in his apartment so little bits like that we'll probably try and navigate round, and we could sort of argue our, our case for that as well but if it specifically says no short letting you, you can't do it. it it's there in black and white mm-hmm. and then would you when you're considering that and when you're entering into management contracts or the equivalent of the ast short-term leasehold agreements with the landlords um, are you kind of are you factoring that in to if if you feel there's risk or you both feel that there's risk around the short term rental in that leasehold property in terms of getting booted out or being asked to stop doing it, how do you factor that into the contract with the landlord? Yeah, we do have a specific one in Leeds City Centre. Um, it was a little bit, again, I was a little bit dubious about the wording on it. Again, it wasn't black and white. It was more grey. I then negotiated with the landlord that he furnished the apartment. We paid him a little bit more rent. Um, and we'd written in there, if we get a cease and desist notice by the management company or anything comes awry, we will stop instantly because we didn't want to risk and jeopardise his lease. Um, therefore, we hadn't had, really had to outlay for the furniture. Um, and if it, if, if, it did, if it did go the wrong way, he could just put a tenant back in there and it's fully furnished, ready to go. So we protected ourselves and saved ourselves potentially a three or four grand hit on that one um, by paying him a little bit more rent than we paid him for a furnished apartment, basically. Fantastic. And the um, the contracts that you enter in with these landlords, are they um, is that something you've had professionally uh, drafted up by a lawyer, or is it or is it effectively a, a sort of amended 
AST, um, a short, short hold tenancy agreement that you've adjusted to suit? We've, with our training, um, we, which we did through Progressive Property, we got a, a list of do, a load of documents in there and we were suggested to use which one for which landlords. And obviously, land, all, every contract is different, believe it or not. It's based on the same model, but some landlords want different wording in there. They want some taken out. And as long as it suits us and suits them and protects us both, and it's not heavily outweighed for mm -hmm. them and heavily outweighed for us, we're happy to negotiate some sort of wording or if the specific bits for the apartment that need to be kept a certain way then we'll put that in there but we just use sort of a, a management agreement for when and it's direct to, to yeah. direct to a landlord and if you were going through a, an estate agent or a letting agent you would probably use their own corporate let uh, yeah, which yeah. most people know of a corporate let so yeah and you get almost from progressive property you almost get this kind of business in a box which has got all these templates and so on yeah pretty much um which is really useful they also gave us a deal uh the deal analyzer software which is basically an excel spreadsheet you punch a load of numbers in your costs you expected nightly rate and it'll tell you from zero percent occupancy to a hundred percent what what you're going to make and obviously it goes into the negative when you get down to 30 40 percent um, and they've just said you need to really realistically break even at 50 percent fantastic Stephen, what else? What else is there? I feel that we've covered so much there in sort of a short space of time. Um, what else? Is there anything else there that you felt you wanted to cover off today, or other bits that you think people are going to be interested to hear about? Um, I, I, um, I think we've got through most of it, to be honest. I would definitely the biggest thing I'll definitely recommend is I a, either getting a mentor or definitely doing some sort of basic basic training. Um, before you before you go into it and if it's something you're going to do as a side hustle just make sure you obviously build your parachute before you jump from your job but it is a quite quite a powerful strategy you can replace your income by a couple of deals or or for instance the deal we've done in north leeds you know one deal could could sort of change your life in that effect you know if that's making us three and a half to five thousand pounds a month you know that's that's most of most people's salary and that's one deal phenomenal isn't it it's phenomenal yeah. steve and steve or steven steve's good yeah steve's fine yeah <laughs> fantastic how can people get in touch with you, steve um let us know how, how all the listeners can reach out to you if they'd like to yeah if you want to follow us follow our stuff we're on social media so it's um, at movida property group which is m-o-v-i-d-a property group um and that was a basically a little bit of a we, me and my wife used to live in Australia. We met in Australia and it was the restaurant, our first date in the restaurant over there. It's called Movida. So we decided to call it uh, our company Movida Property Group. Perfect. Perfect. Stephen, I think that um, what you've done in such a short, short space of time, I think it's genuinely it's genuinely impressive. And um, thank you. My gut feeling is that over the next two, three, four years, you're going to you're really going to have some fantastic success with this. Um, really hope that I'm right. I'm sure I will be, but I really hope that I'm right. Um, and I look forward to I'm tracking your progress over the next two or three years to see how you get on. Um, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Um, let's keep yeah. in touch. Yeah, definitely, Mike. No, I appreciate that. It's, um, it's a good share my story. And to be fair, you don't really turn turn back and have a look where you've come from that often but there's been a, definitely a week of reflection to see where we've um where we started and where we are at the moment so yeah it's great and like I say hopefully we can push forward with it
and um, and do some big things next year. Perfect. Thanks for joining, Stephen. Okay, if you enjoyed the show, do remember there's a new episode out every Monday, so do come back for more in-depth conversation with short-term rental experts in the United Kingdom. Also, if there are any specific topics you'd like us to cover in future shows, or if you'd just like to reach out for any other reason, please do email us at thefullenglishairbnb at gmail.com.